police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims. Killed even more. And plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them and that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host for today, Maddie Matt, along with our narrator for today, Hot Fox, and the other host of the show, Gabby. And we are here. We are back. We've been out for a while due to our uh, schedules and other things in our lives. But guess what? We are back. We're doing a late show. It's the latest we've ever done. But we wanted to make sure the fans get something fresh. Before we get into the story, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can follow us on our Facebook page, Grinding True Crime, and also our Instagram page, Grinding True Crime Podcast. And if you want to listen to us on the radio or on all your podcast streams, just type in the Grinding True Crime Podcast, and there you can listen to some of our previous recording and current recording as well. As always, when you're listening to our podcast, listeners' discretion is advised. Well, we got all that all that out the way. Todd Fox, you say you got you a quick little story to tell us, brother. Yes, I do. I wonder what's it about. Want to share it to us? Yes, I will. And here we go. Well, it's uh, it's a uh, local. It's a very local story. It's where I how cur- local? It's where I currently reside. Oh, good God! Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's your neighbor. Oh. Yeah, this is a this has to do with a famous area that we've hiked plenty of times. It's Whittier Turnbull Canyon. Get out. Yeah, this is um <clears throat> this is an area that is just east of Los Angeles. If you know the freeway system, a major artery is a six oh five freeway. It's yes, just, sir. It's just east of that. And also it's uh it borders four other cities, Hacienda Heights, La Harbra, uh, Norwalk, Santa Fe Springs just to name it well that's four that i can name right off the bat um it's a pretty big canyon in an area which is mostly flat land so that's what makes uh-huh. it stick out um so it's about six miles wide it's right next to rose hills cemetery which is a very famous cemetery a lot of uh, famous people uh buried there politicians musicians celebrities things of that nature okay all right so that's a brief little uh you know aspect of where it's at um, so let's get into the history of it real quick because it's pretty it's pretty infamous. What this is gonna, this is going to be a different tell. This is not just one murder case. This is oh. a, a, a bunch of weird things that have happened in my backyard <laughs> over the years, which makes the canyon very infamous. So that's oh. that's where we're going to go with this. Oh, you were going to say let's something? Hear it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> okay. I'm interested. You got me glued in. Yes, me too. All right, well, let's go to the beginning. Uh, this land before it started, uh, before we start our actual stories, was. I thought you were going to say the land before time. For some reason, <laughs> yeah. for some reason man. Hey, for some reason, my bad. I... It's okay. <laughs> Little dinosaur. <laughs> <of the earth. laughs> 
That's part of the infamous too. That's why we died at Sorbonne. My awesome. bad. Proceed. Uh, that's okay. Okay. Um, so this land, before we get started uh, on the actual stories, accounted for uh, was inhabited by Native Americans. The outer areas of the canyon, anyway. Okay. They refused to go into the canyon because did you go on a hike with me that one time, Matt? Or no, you never went up there. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, so you hadn't gone up there, but the, the canyon is really like steep in the middle. And when you're climbing up, the, the weather changes. The If the sun's not, the sun doesn't hit certain parts of the canyon. So by the Indians' uh, own sayings, the, it was referred to as the dark place or the bad land. Mm. And so because of the positioning of the canyon, like I said, the sun doesn't hit it. The temperatures drop. They rise eerie. Um, parts of the canyon... Uh, people don't want to just go to even to this day Uh, the Spanish settlers the good people that they were they came into the land and um, instead of you know instead of saying hey let's share your land Indians uh, let's uh, Native Americans um, uh, they asked them hey uh, what's what's that uh, what's what's an area where you guys don't particularly like too much and they say ah me we we know like the the canyon the canyon bad place (laughs) And then the <laughs> Spanish settlers are like, "Yeah, that's where you're going. The bad place. We'll take. We'll take you your. Have to. <laughs> well, you have to. You gotta do the accent. I'm <laughs> and then with the Spanish settlers, you was white as the be. Yeah, the settlers are. Hey now, um, we're gonna take your orange groves and everything you got around this place, and then you guys go to the badland. <laughs> so. Uh, oh man, I love it. Yeah. So that, that kind of sucked right off the bat. And then uh, to make matters worse, they were like, you know what? We also want you guys to denounce whatever uh, gods you pray to and become Christians. And um, wow. the Indians were like, oh, no, we have plenty of uh, uh, of of sun gods and we worship animals. And I'm, I'm sounding more Asian, so I apologize. No, I'm saying you sound more Asian. <laughs> Definitely. I, I'm not a good Indian. I'm sorry. I'm not, <laughs> But anyway, anyway, they were they were trying to convince them, like, hey, you know what, uh, take on Christianity. And uh, the Indians said no. So they said, well, okay, well, we'll be reasonable and uh, we'll just slaughter you if you don't conform. So, wow. yeah, they, they took them into the canyon and would hang them. So, wow. yeah. So the canyon already turned into an even darker place. Uh, wow. Yeah, so now we're going to move into like the mid-1800s. A guy by the name of Robert Turnbull would come over from Ireland, um, or Scotland, I'm sorry, and moved to Los Angeles um, in 1876. In four years, he grew his companies from some small loans um, to a bunch of plantations in Puente Hills and money marketing uh, companies to sell land and a water distribution center. Um, he became rich in just four years and he bought up all kinds of land around Hacienda Heights, which is the neighboring town to the north of Whittier, where this all takes place. Um, so he had a, so he had two things that he liked to do besides money, uh, making money. And what's a, what's the thing that the, another stereotype that the Scottish people like to do? Drink. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The pubs. <laughs> yes, he he frequented the pubs or local establishments quite heavily. Oh man, 
Yeah, he was making a lot of money and he was drinking a ton. Um, these two settlers that were uh, Quakers, they kept asking him to buy the land. They wanted the canyon. They said, the canyon's beautiful. So for two years, they kept talking this dude up and, the, and they kept offering him more and more money. And he kept telling him, no, no, no. So finally, he said, okay, after they gave him $30,000, which is a lot for 1887. Heck yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so a year later, on one of his uh, usual nights out, he gets uh, drunk and fights uh, a, a man and um, he falls off his horse. Um, he's really out of it. He comes home. He sleeps for about a day. Robert Turnbull being the guy, the owner. Mm -hmm. And he winds up going to the police the next day saying, I was, I was beaten up. You know, I just remembered I was jumped. You know, they, they just, they beat me up. I was attacked. The police mm -hmm. filed a, a, a file report. He came back home. And as he came back home, he took his maid servant's dress, put it on, put her Sunday hat on and her shoes and said, I, yeah. And said, I'm going for a walk. And okay. Yeah, so he began to walk from town, which is now where the 605 is, westward, where now the L.A. River is, and um, he went missing. And so two days later, uh, some kids playing around the area found his body in the uh, L.A. River, which is now the L.A. River. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, he was found in the river uh, with a... Uh, they actually did an autopsy on him because he was an important rich guy. And uh, they found that he had a blood clot in his head with head trauma. So do you guys think because it was officially ruled an unsolved murder, they called it a murder. They think someone threw him in there. Do you guys think that he was murdered? Someone had it out for him? Or do you think he just fell off the horse being drunk, got concussed, and his concussion got worse, and he fell into the freaking river being that he was rich he probably was a little arrogant so i'm gonna say somebody had a somebody had it out for him probably put a hit on him okay what do you think gabby i'm thinking he fell off that turbo mustang he was going <laughs> way too fast <laughs> that's a good one i think he fell and the he probably hit his head you know what? And you guys could be both right right now because it's still unsolved to this day. So the canyon got its birth just days later at his funeral because the two Quakers felt so bad that the guy passed away. They named the canyon after him. So thus became the name Turnbull Canyon. So, oh, wow. yeah, so as our short stories continue with this in the 1930s, this is a kind of a, a crappy part. And the Depression was in the full effect. There were Colts that ventured into the canyon to perform sacrifices on animals. What? Now, yes. Now, the cults did not stick to just sacrificing animals. At one point, to, uh, to several witnesses that witnessed it in the area, the cult was seen sacrificing a 12-year-old. What? Yeah. Oh. A 12-year-old. Um, they said that they saw him on so somewhat of a cross, a makeshift cross, and he was being beaten till he wasn't moving anymore. And then they removed the body and took off as quickly as they came. <gasps> yeah. So because of the time period, uh, actual parents would sell their kids to people 
because either they had too many kids and too many mouths to feed and they had to sacrifice one. Well, they, they let them go because they felt, they felt that uh, whoever bought them, if they looked genuine, they gave money to the family to help them survive and maybe the kid would move on to a better life. But uh, the family sometimes gave them up to adoption too. But some adoption agencies were getting paid more by outsiders who would either be child traffickers or molesters or farm older owners using the kids as slaves. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is the, this is the one of the things that gives that Canyon even a more creepier aspect is that there was a uh, conflicting reports. There was multiple sacrifices up in the Canyon. So of course, when things like that happen, people go up in the Canyon and they say, well, I hear voices, you know, I hear, uh-huh. <laughs> there's children playing out there, but there's no swings or anything, you know. <laughs> I hear the spirits. Yeah, exactly. So, whether it's true or not, there's a lot of that online. There's a lot of people that still have those shroudings of mystery up in there. And there's actually been some vindication to some of the stories because over the years they had found bones. So, really? Yeah, just random bones that were human. So, uh, I wouldn't be shocked that actually happened. It makes sense for the time, right? I mean, yeah, it, it does. Um, so there was also around this time a different part, which is pretty creepy. I didn't know about this either. Is just below the canyon, there's a park, a pretty big park, too. It's called Founders Memorial Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, the park used to be a cemetery. Mm. And uh, the problem is, and it was around the 1800s to early 1900s when the depression came they stopped obtaining or up upgrading the uh the uh the cemetery so what happened was they moved all the cemetery to rose hills and they wanted to make a big city park for downtown whittier they did that but the city planners said that oh we're going to take the bodies and remove the headstones and move them over to rose hills problem is um, nobody witnessed them moving any bodies except mm-hmm. mo- moving the headstones. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the bodies are still under that park? Approximately 2,000 bodies are under that oh, park. Wow. <laughs> That's wrong. That Our is people just... didn't go find their family. Exactly. Or their great great grandpappy or something is buried under everybody right there. And well, kids are playing on top of them and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's that's another part of Whittier. That's uh, you can actually go there and they do have a plaque memorializing the 2000 bodies that are under the ground. But uh, they've never tried to retrieve any of them. So, wow. yeah. And, and, and people say there's a fog that only goes over that park. And, you know, there's spirits at night if, you know, people don't like being in the park after dark and stuff like that. So. Um, I mean, <laughs> we know who's out there, and we know the spirits are real, but, you know, it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So now we move from, like, like creepy stuff to just plain weird, like, Final Destination type stuff. There's two, oh, two quick right. stories, yeah. So on April 16th, 1952, a twin-engine prop plane... Uh, flight 416 left New York bound for Los Angeles. The plane had several lay- layovers on the way. It had 26 passengers, uh, three crew members, a total of 29 people. Uh, they had a layover in Chicago and a layover in Kansas City. 
When he left Kansas City, a thunderstorm uh, forced him down in Texas to land again. Once the storm cleared, again the flight departed. Captain Lewis Powell was a very respected pilot, but he had just suffered a stroke two months earlier and was recommended not to fly for six months. So the his air his uh their their airline said you know what you're good to go so (laughs) (laughs) so they cleared him and um the flight took off as as they were headed for california um all of a sudden burbank airport uh told them hey uh there's some heavy fog over here we're gonna reroute you from uh burbank to los angeles international airport lax and so the the pilot was like all right so they're, <laughs> they're flying in from where you guys are at in Riverside. All right. And they're headed this way towards the west side of Los Angeles. Problem is, out of nowhere, there was not supposed to be any fog over Turnbull Canyon, but Turnbull Canyon has its own little weather atmosphere. And it, mm-hmm. and it created its own fog bank. And the fog bank extended into La Harbor, which is on the right side of Turnbull Canyon. So... Around 3.30 in the morning, people actually said the, ne- the next day they heard a loud engine of a plane flying over. It, it felt like it was like almost right over their house. Wow. Uh-oh. Yeah. <clears throat> and so then about 3.42 in the morning, people heard a loud bang in the, in the, um, Dang. In the canyon. Yeah. And... Uh, so no again this is a this is 1952 you know it's super foggy there happened to be a farmer that was in the morning around seven in the morning looking for some stray sheep that he had he drove up the canyon and then saw smoke and fire and when he went up there he saw it was a plane crash so all the fire department radios everyone came down there because they couldn't find the flight the flight had you know they were already thinking that the plane went down somewhere else but they didn't know where mm-hmm. and um Unfortunately, uh, they would they would go to look out for the air, uh, airplane and find 29 passengers dead, some charred be- beyond recognition. The, the there was one person that was found 600 yards still in their chair. There was, yeah, and there was another one that the impact was so hard, their body was forced like in the ground five feet. No way. Yeah, yeah. They were in the ground. Is that possible? That's what the that's what the reports were. So that person was already buried. Pretty much. Almost (laughs) all the way in the ground. Wow. I mean you're supposed to be six feet, but you know. (laughs) You missed it by one foot. You missed it by one. I mean, no all you know, not not to be joking, but dang, that sucks. Yeah, and here's the thing too, the when they did the investigation, they found out that the plane did not have the necessary. It felt like a Kobe situation for the time period. They did mm-hmm. not have the necessary weather instruments on the plane to identify or to work through situations like that. They, what happened with the guy with Kobe Bryant too, getting lost in the clouds, is what happened with this guy. They theorized that he didn't have a heart attack. They checked on the autopsy, mm-hmm. and. And what it was was he was trying to get below the fog for some reason. I, I would think he would try to stay above it, but he was trying to get below it. Or he got mixed up, and he thought he was going up, but he was going down. One of the two happened, and, and he thought he was clearing the mountains. 
the landing gear on the plane was down. So what happened was it clipped the mountain, the landing gear. It threw the plane mm-hmm. into a tailspin. And there is a marking on the hill side that is still there to this day from the plane's wing pretty much slicing a, a hole in the side of the mountain before it really? hit, hit at about 150 miles per hour. Really? Yeah. It's still right there. I got to see it. 150 miles per hour. Dang. So yeah. there was no way nobody was going to survive that. Yeah, they weren't going to throw it. No. Nobody. If you're in a car accident at like 60 miles, you could die. Even less. Yeah, yep. even less. Well, they theorized it was about at 150 because of the, the way of the trajectory and just how everything, the impact of everything was just so great. There was no survivors. Wow. So that's another part of beautiful Whittier, Turnbull Canyon. Now, now just follow that up. Another final destination, just 23 years later. 1975, there was a twin engine plane carrying 12 people headed for Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those single engine Cessnas flying out of Long Beach for your area, Riverside. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Saturday, it was a Saturday morning flight. Now the same kind of fog rolled into the area, same damn thing. And it became pretty damn thick. Now there's an, uh, there's a, uh, what is it called? A, um, at 10 a.m., there's a school that, the, that my daughters actually went to, an elementary school called Catherine Edwards, which is right close to the canyon. Okay. And there was a basketball tournament with over 200 kids, parents, and onlookers watching the basketball tournament with a bunch of like 10 to 12-year-olds, right? So imagine this. You're playing a basketball tournament. It's kind of foggy outside. And then you hear a big boom right overhead. And you see just a fireball falling to the sky about a block away. Yeah. Did it end up like hitting anybody at the school? No. Well, here's the thing. All the debris from the plane, it actually landed, like I said, a block away, hit some houses, didn't kill nobody on the ground, thankfully. But guess what came down over the school? Because the plane crash happened exactly right over the uh, the school. The engine. No. <laughs> Worse. Uh- you said worse body? though. Body parts and a steady <gasps> mist of blood. Oh. Was raining down on the kids. So, like, just instead of fog mist, you're getting blood mist. Blood mist. And there's, oh. and there's chunks of people coming down on you. Oh, no. That is traumatic. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that anyone will, would want to play basketball anytime soon. Damn. Isn't that like what the, the movie La Bamba with Ricky Valens? Remember when wasn't he at the school? Yeah. yeah. But they didn't uh, rain they didn't rain on people. It didn't rain no blood though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. So so think oh. about that. You got creepiness, you got the, the mysterious, you know, uh you got you know chanting and of, of like cult people and and there's all this you know, freaky freakiness with a cemetery. Then you got these weird plane crashes out of nowhere. Now let's mm. that let's... freaking thing has only to do with death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the the whole. I ain't going there no more. <laughs> <laughs> like the I'm whole. Curious to hike it. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> it's a beautiful hike. That's the problem. When you get up there, it's really beautiful. Like you can see all of downtown, 
you could see into Anaheim and into uh, the, the valley. It's pretty up there, but there's just a lot of stuff. Even a, there was a actually, a, what is it, a crazy house up there that burnt down. There's all kinds of stuff. People, a crazy, a crazy house? house? Yeah, they, they used to house uh, crazy people up there. And then when, I guess when they tore it down, the generator was still there. It electrocuted somebody because they thought that there was no current in the... Um, what do you call it in the generator there's, oh. just, there's just all kinds of weird stories up there that sometimes you're like damn you know but uh, let's go one day todd yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll do it we'll do it um now let's talk some murders real quick because this is a this is towards the tail end right here um okay. <clears throat> this is um murders that were c- uh, coupled uh, in the canyon and these are only recent ones i'm gonna do um okay october 12 2002 Olivia Gonzalez was shot in the head at the entrance way to the canyon. Her body was then dragged four miles into Hacienda Heights, where she was found in a ditch. So you find you have a police find the body in a ditch. They had seen drag marks from the start of the the trail all the way to the other side of the mountain. Wow. Yeah. Police were pissed off, but they had no clue who could do it or who did it until five years later an informant came to the police with the names of Abraham Acuna, Rafael Garcia and Robert Mung. Uh, why was she shot? The three were career criminals and she heard them talking about an armed robbery and all three had two strikes against them. And the third felony meant life in prison. She, they all thought that she was talking to someone and trying to implicate them or extort them. And uh, she wasn't. So she was innocently killed for no reason. Wow. Yep. Jerks. Yep. The three were Little caught. Freaking bastards. Yeah, that, that sucks. I mean, an innocent person dying. She was only 17 years old. Dang. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder who the informant was. It had to be somebody they knew. I, it doesn't say, but it, yeah, I pro- you're probably right. It was someone they probably talked about or talked about it to, and then uh, he, he wound up uh, doing the right thing. But uh, the three were caught and received life without no parole, so that's where they were. Well, of course, that was their third strike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so, like, I will kill you because I don't want a third strike, but if I get caught, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dreadful right there. And then here's another one, though which is going to blow your mind. Um, okay. So this is uh, in, in Whittier. They're having a house party. Uh, this one happened on August 4th, 2009. Christina Martinez was 20 years old, the mother of a one-year-old boy. She was hanging out with her boyfriend, two of her close friends, and one of their friends. And they decided, hey, you know what? We, um, we're going to, you know, her boyfriend's going to stay, DJ the party. Um she she wanted to hang out with her friends because her friends are like her guy friends are like who she grew up with and everything so she's like all right um they want to go smoke some weed um you know by the beach they said they're going to drive out to the beach so um it's uh she was hanging out with vince jose and her friend mike all whom she trusted she uh decided to go with them and as they left they got in the car and started heading towards the beach but then they made a Mm -hmm. left turn and they went up Philadelphia and they started heading towards Turnbull Canyon. So, Uh-oh. yeah, so she started to ask him, hey, 
where are we going? I mean, why aren't we going to the beach? Nobody said anything. Then she oh, said, no. yeah, then she said, hey, seriously, well, where are we going? Like, you guys are starting to freak me out. Like two minutes later. Then all she remembers hearing at the time was Mike saying, which was her good friend, um, tie her up. And so they tied her up and uh, they went into the canyon where, what do you think happened? Of course they raped they her. They raped her? No. Oh. What? Yeah. Some, uh, maybe, at, well, it sounds like what the way it seemed, she was able to describe what happened. So she should be, I'm, I'm assuming she's still alive. So I'm going to say the tables were turned and they tragically fell somewhere. Oh, I wish, but uh, oh. let, let's see what happens right here. <laughs> okay, so I'm off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Mike actually orders them to, to carry her into the canyon. Uh, what brought this on? Well, again, people talking on the early days of internet were, uh, you know how like you say something to someone and then it travels to someone else and it travels to someone else. And then before it yeah. gets to the final person, it's like completely different from the first story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, somehow it got back to Mike, as in he abused his good friend sexually and, and physically, and that Mike was pissed, her boyfriend, and Mike was going to put a hit out on her on him because he had gang ties. Well, none of that was true. So Mike went in there trying to get retribution on his friend Christina for, he thought, spewing lies. So he felt the best way to do it would be to take her into the uh, into the canyon where it's pitch black and with his two friends start to beat the crap out of her with anything they could find on the ground, meaning rocks, uh, sticks, uh, a bat. They just began to, to, to pummel her. Dang. Then they took two needles full of insulin and injected it in her neck twice. Ooh. Yes. Uh, she began to get super hot and struggled to breathe and foaming at the mouth in a bit. She still was kicking and screaming and trying to get away. Uh, they began to beat her some more to where she knocked out. So then these guys got the great idea of, of throwing her 20 feet off the embankment into some... What? Yes. 20 feet. Um, she wasn't dead. Wow. So so Mike got frustrated and slid down. So like she landed on her like knees on these rocks, dude. Being thrown 20. Oh, her kneecaps. Yep. Oh. So he slid down there doing the, you know, he probably felt bad. No, not really. He, he went mm -hmm. down there and he decided, you know what? I'm going to finish the job. He pulls out a blade and begins to slash her throat from back to forward four what? times. And while he's doing it, he's telling her just to let go. So after they do all this stuff, he slams her head on the ground. He thinks she's dead. He climbs up. Both of them get in the car, take off. Superwoman gets up, takes off her shirt, wraps it around her neck, stops the bleeding, climbs up the hill, battered, beaten, legs all tore up, oh walks walks a half mile out of the canyon to a 90 year old's house which is at the base of the canyon 
and she's able to call 911 and she gets the help and she survives. That is horrible. Wow. Yes. Wow. That your friends did that. Yep. The fact that she survived that though. Jesus. Yep. She and was able to walk on her, I mean, stand on her two feet and walk to someone's house, give her major props. And with all that, she was able to testify with speech. You know, she had speech problems, obviously, because of her vocal cords were shredded. She was able to identify all three and all three uh, received life in prison. Oh, of course. They should have got the chair. Yep. Yep. For that, they should yes. have got slit themselves. Yep, exactly. So that was one that was very, um, very uh, crazy. But she survived at least, you know. Um, I bet they pissed their pants when the when the uh, police knocked on their door, served mm-hmm. them their uh, warrant for their arrest, and when they went to court and they saw her actually there. Oh, I know they peed their pants. Well, well, here's here's the funny thing that you brought that up. Like he was shocked. the The police couldn't, you know, couldn't believe she made it. And then, literally in court, his statement to the judge was, "I can't believe the bee lived." And wow. the ju- and the judge yelled back at him, "She wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for you, and you didn't believe everything you saw on the internet because none of it was true." So he did all that for nothing. What a wow! Stupid. Oh my god, I could slice him myself. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> quite sure he got some justice in jail. He probably got his butt sliced. But um uh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And then this, Oh yeah, I'm quite sure he got some justice. This last one is pretty damn sad too. Um this was this happened recently actually. Uh on March 11th, 2019, a duffel bag was found at uh, the base of the canyon appeared to be thrown over the side of the hill. A worker opened the bag and he found a badly beaten little girl inside the bag. The sheriffs, oh. the sheriffs were super pissed and wanted justice right away. It became national news, and they tried to find the uh, who who would do this to the girl and identify her. It actually took them two weeks. Um, but they would it, they even uh, did a drawing of the little girl and it said future princess. She was wearing a pink little shirt. Um, but they found out it, her name was Trinity Love Jones. Uh, once they did some investigating on her parents, they found out that the mom was in uh, the, the, the husband or the boyfriend were transients and had did drugs and they moved from motel to motel. When they were able to mm. find out which motel they were at around the time, it was in Santa Fe Springs, the neighboring city where they obtained video of the uh, man, Emil, walking out of the uh hotel with the duffel bag and uh yeah. with the with the mom tequesta graham i think i said that right um so after the two days before they found the body which was which made sense because the body had been uh, missed or had been there for 48 hours which matched oh. the, which matched the timeline um they would catch them as they were trying to flee into mexico once they put their names out there and uh they both, they both, of course, got uh, life in prison. Uh, actually, he Emil's up for death, the death penalty, because they found uh, that the little girl was badly beaten and abused and malnutritioned at the same time. Jesus. 
the uh, the only good thing that came out of this was a GoFundMe was raised uh, by the community and uh, the internet, which uh, uh, donated from all over the world. That they got her a very nice headstone, which is sad to say they had to do that, but they they gave her a, a, also a funeral, which had over two thousand people that didn't know the little girl but were saddened by the story, to, and they paid their respects at Rose Hills and a college fund was also set up for Whittier College in her name for future uh, students of color. So that's mm. some of the stuff. How old was she? She was only nine years old. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So that's some of the stories that have happened in the that weird canyon that has death, strange events, and uh, some spiritism from, from from what other people have said. Okay. <laughs> so in other words, Todd, uh, be careful when you go there, huh? Yeah. Um, just be prepared for everything. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I mean, you people have found plenty of bodies up there. It's not just the ones I've described. Those are just some of the recent stories. When I say wear a garlic necklace and and they wow, <laughs> bring your <babe>. Bible. <laughs> You're not going to run into a vampire. Well, you never know. <laughs> Count Chocolate is up there. Watch out. Man. Oh, man. Chupacabras. 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 <laughs> Frankenstein. Even yep. Chewbacca. Chewbacca. <laughs> now, if he there. <laughs> We're going to have a problem. Exactly. Man. That is crazy. That, that is canyon crazy. is that canyon should be renamed to Death Canyon. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Good God. Well, there's already Death Valley. That's why Death yeah, Canyon. Death canyon. Oh, Canyon of Death. That is insane. Jesus. Yeah, what do you think about that woman though that uh, survived though? Man, major props. That's a gangster right there, man. Like major props. And like I said, I'm glad she testified against all them fools. I know they were shocked to see her alive and good for the, good for her wow was that a crazy episode well we had to do some editing on this one so it's just todd fox closing this one out maddie matt and gabby will be back next week or later on in the week for another new episode of grinding true crime we hope that you leave a five-star review because it really helps us out wherever you find this podcast on it really helps us uh, move up the charts we appreciate all your help and your loyalty and also sticking with us And for Todd Fox, Maddie Matt, and Gabby Gab, stay on the grind.